You are listening to Holy Commutes for Monday, July 11th, 2022. Holy Commutes is the only daily morning podcast dedicated to all things football. I'm Paul Cook, your uh, host on Mondays for this 12th season of Holy Commutes. Joined today for the first time in a long time by our regular co-host on the Monday episodes, my brother Tim. Tim, nice to have you back. Ah, it's great to be back. And thanks to those that uh, filled in while you were gone. Uh, Connor, uh, Shari did an episode. Um, I feel like I'm missing something someone but maybe it's just those two but thanks for those guys and everyone else that uh whoever else i'm missing uh, that filled in while uh, you were gone um so we're what we want to talk about today is last week we had a uh uh atlantic tournament in pittsburgh it was our first time in that area uh since 2018 when maw ran a tournament in um cannonsburg um this was a uh, uh, a really cool tournament, a really different tournament for us. There's a lot of stuff we want to talk about um, uh, there, but I, I, you know, and I guess we have to start with the stadium. Um, the tournament was held at Highmark Stadium, which is a 5,000-ish person uh, stadium in Pittsburgh. It's the home of uh, the second division um, uh, Pittsburgh soccer team. So there's you know the MLS, and then there's a division below that. You know, kind of like first minor league is the way you can kind of think of it as for uh, normal American sports stuff that's a little bit different than that. Um, it's right on right on the Allegheny River there. I think it's the Allegheny. Um, uh, overlooking downtown. Really cool stadium. Really great atmosphere. Um, you know, what were your impressions of the stadium, Tim? Yeah, I mean, you know, the backdrop for it uh, with the river was, you know, awesome. The turf field was you know, second to none when it comes to a playing surface. Um, it was just, it, it was, it was really, it was really good. The stadium uh, atmosphere also, you know, was able to lead to some, you know, just, you know, really, really fun moments. We had a youth tournament that was going on at the same time as the regular tournaments. And I think this, you know, this year is the first year of you know many to come at uh, at Highmark Stadium in Pittsburgh. Yeah, the, the uh, you know I, I've got um, mixed feelings about turf fields. I just you know I, I kind of like grass a little bit better. It feels to me it kind of feels like how wiffle ball should be played. Um, not that there's anyone right way to play wiffle ball, but to me that grass always feels like wiffle ball because uh, that's how you know all of us either grew up either playing very few of us grew up playing on turf. We grew up playing on grass or in the streets. You know. Um, you know, the grass always kind of feels more natural to me. It does change the game um, quite a bit the way the balls roll, but, you know, uh, I know a lot of people prefer the, the turf. This is, you know, this is good quality turf. Um, you know, it, it really was the atmosphere and the backdrops that really made it. Um, you know, several people that have played all over said this was the, um, you know, from an ad- atmospheric standpoint, the best um, place they ever played at. Like I said, we heard that from quite a few people, and yeah, it was just you know the one thing I will say about the turf. Yeah, it does it does run fast, but you know we grew up playing a lot on the streets, a lot on yeah. asphalt, and you know that plays you know just as fast. But um, it's definitely different. You gotta you know if we played on turf fields every tournament. I think we'd probably move the infield line back to like 60 feet. The infield line would have to go back and like, I think you'd have to almost rethink the doubles rule. Yeah. Because it's not just as easy to say move the fences back because then you're you're hurting home runs. But yeah, like basically any hard hit ground ball 
um, you know, and we've done this before, our, you know, indoor tournaments, um, you know, the Winter Classic tournaments, we're always on turf, um, you know, so it's not our first experience, you know, with MAW with turf in that way, but like, yeah, just anything becomes a double does, it does kind of change the game, but it, not in any, not in any bad way, it just, it just makes it different. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, like Major League Baseball for a while had, you know, you had Tampa, you had Toronto before they switched their um, their infield uh, turf. You know, those always played a little bit yeah. different than the outdoor fields. So with regular grass, yeah. And, and, and like I, this is well before our time. If I my my uh, understanding is like you know when the Astro, you know when, when places started moving towards AstroTurf turf and towards turf. Um, you know, there was in baseball, there was sort of, you know, a lot of people said all this, you know, it, it, look, it changes, you know, it's changing how, you know, the game is, you know, played and stuff. Some people just didn't like it because it's not historical. So, you know, you've always had it. But I, again, I, I, I like it. Just, it. It's something to mention from the, uh, um, you know, the thing I, I still, if you ask me, um, you know, to give my honest opinion of whether I'd like, you know, really good manicured grass, like at, you know, the Rev Stadium or Turf, I would lean towards the grass. If you're asking me what I rather, because I thought when you was talking about, you talk, you said like when we used to play, we always played, I thought you were going to talk about like when we first started playing in tournaments and like where my head went to was like, we always played in like two feet tall grass, uh, which is, you know, which I would much prefer turf over that. But, um, uh, uh, but yeah, and, and they were able to paint the lines there, which, um, was kind of a nice surprise for a while we were operating under the assumption, well, not operating under the assumption based on what we were told. We thought, um, we, we couldn't have that, but, um, uh, yeah, they pretty painted the lines and then, yeah, that ended up being real nice. Um, so, you know, and, and, you know, just not to, not to, you know, it also changes this world. Not that anyone cares about the logistics standpoint too. There's some, you know, you can't nail down the carpet. So we had some sliding, um, you know, pitchers with longer strides who were kind of, you know, sliding on the carpets and stuff like that. But, you know, the challenges were definitely worth it um, because it ended up being, you know, a, a really a really fun, uh, cool tournament. Um, moving away from the stadium for a second. So, like, you know, I, when we sort of around 2019 or even 2018 going back to that Cannonsburg tournament because that was actually the first one when we started – doing maw tournaments in places other than um than shy wiffle ball park um the idea behind that was okay you know if, if we can go to these other places and get you know 50 percent of our regulars to come to these other places that we can get you know a bunch of teams from that local place you know you can sort of create this thing where you got your regulars that travel the circuit and then you've got your your teams that play once or twice a year you know or three times a year that come in for these tournaments that are closer to them and like that really never worked out for us no not yeah at least not initially yeah well yeah and and you know Kansas is a good you know a good example of that you know we were hoping okay if we can get a few teams from the Wiffus Life League um you know and then you know supplement with ours and it ends up just being a four-person tournament and it's kind four of team tournament. four team tournament I'm sorry um uh and it's got you know then whether you know Ridley Park's a little different because it's kind of it's pretty close to where we run normally but you know there we've always have gotten one more usually Ridley Park teams like a little bit there and again that's different um anyway but like you know if we've gone to New York or we've gone to Maryland we've gone to New Jersey it's never kind of worked out where you know we would hope some of these 
you know, you go to New York or New Jersey, you talk to some of these more Northeast teams or New England teams that, you know, um, uh, you know, we, we, we will come down to face some of the good competition down yeah. here that they just don't face during the year. Uh, that hasn't quite worked out, but this one kind of worked out more, I think, how we, um, you know, imagined it. You know, we, we only got 12 teams. I don't want to say only 12 teams is, oh, is, yeah. is a good number for fast pitch, but, you know, we were hoping for more. We'll, we'll talk at the end of the year about our, you know, hopes for the future for this event. Um, but there was, you know, seven what I would call it, regular MAW teams and then supplemented by five local Pittsburgh teams. It was great getting to see some players that you don't always get to see. Yeah, no, it's always fun. You know, one of the things we always hear, and I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, is people want to, you know, play, you know, teams and players that they don't usually get to play. And here was an opportunity for some, you know, either under-the-radar guys or guys who – you know, maybe on some people's radars, but, you know, just play in their local league and stuff to be able to come out, show what they bring to the table, compete, have fun, and, you know, hopefully we'll be, you know, hooked into this, you know, for the, you know, the near future. Yeah, no, exactly. When we saw it, and there was, you know, uh, I would say out of those five local teams, there was only... There's only one that like wasn't competitive, but even even they had the uh, Lumber Kings. But even even they had an impact on the tournament. Um, uh, Justin Davey, who's Jake's brother, um, his first fast pitch at bat, uh, homered off of Tom Gannon in the Stompers in their first game. That ended up being the only run the Stompers allowed. Had the Stompers not allowed that, they would have got the one seed in the elimination round over Voodoo. So like there was even a cool thing like that. But then everything else, you know the. Um, the Sea Turtles have, you know, three guys we've all seen before, uh, Rob Lick, Steve Keelan, and uh, Jordan Costelli. They went one and two, but they, they played well. They probably, you know, they had chances to beat the Dinos, just couldn't close that out and lost 2-1 in extras. And the Splunkers, they had a lot of good talent from um, with his life. Cole Lanny's got a, you know, legitimately good arm. I think anyone that, you know, saw him pitch at NWA tournaments in the past or, um, you know, certainly the Will guys, you know, know that, but his command's always been an issue, but he was, he pitched real well, um, last week. You know, he threw, you know, primarily, I think, unscuffed, and he's, you know, he's a lefty, throws hard, there's not, you know, there's not a ton of lefties yeah. that throw hard, kind of like, you know, kind of like Major League Baseball, you know, you just, you don't have those guys pumping in, and he was, you know, he was throwing, you know extremely well looked like he had a great time and you know i imagine you know just like most of these guys he'll be back yeah and then you know that that, 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 all, that whole team that talented it was uh it was like the core from the splunkers and with his life league and then cole land you captain's boneyard wiffle there and then um um I, I, the other guy's name is escaping me but who uh who managed captains the uh, oakdale curve but uh austin abel pitched well for that team too they didn't they didn't really hit much but uh you know that's always the last thing to come in this style you know especially with the two strikes in maw um then there were uh jake davies team uh, the will wagons um you know getting this and this is if, if, to go back to what i said earlier about like um you know, sort of bringing the regulars of the circuit and mixing them in with people that aren't regulars. Now, you know, granted, you know, Nate and Jake, you know, played in enough MAW tournaments in the past, so they don't quite fit that, but, like, they faced the juggernauts their first game, and that's kind of, like, what you want if, like, the national and the mid-Atlantic yeah. champion coming in to face the, it's almost pro wrestling like coming in to face the local, uh, the local champions or the local, you know, uh, name guys, and, you know, it was a really good game. Um, they let up a, 
relatively early run then just you know held them down used his defense um uh so they they lost one nothing to the juggernauts uh then by the game of the tournament was the wagons versus um uh the great lakes legion uh that was an eight seven win um for great lakes to get them into the into the playoffs that was a great back and forth game they didn't jake hit home runs ethan had a big either home run or triple um yeah, went went extras. There were two yeah. two two grand slams, one by each team in extras. It was yeah. I mean, it really that game came down to the last pitch. Um, it was not over until then. And then we also had the uh, the fifth uh, Pittsburgh team uh, was uh, a team from the Baldwin Wiffle Ball League, which is a league that's ran I think since two thousand twenty. I think this is their third season. Um, they're right there at Pittsburgh. Um, and so we had an all star team uh, from their league. Those guys played really really well. Um, they lost to the Dragons and the Dinos in their first two games. Both were four nothing losses, um, but they pitched well. Uh, Luke uh, Couture, or I, I think that's probably how you pronounce it, uh, was their main pitcher. He he pitched real well. It kind of reminds me. I don't know if you've got a chance to watch the clips, Tim, but he kind of he kind of reminds me a little bit of Cam Farrow. Just two things. He he wore, wore his hat backwards, and Cam kind of you know usually wears his hat backwards. But he has that sort of you know Cam's got that like weird like leg kick and then like long stride. Yeah, he had like the exact same thing with like that you know that long uh, stride. Obviously, he doesn't throw as hard as Cam, or not obviously, but he doesn't throw as hard as Cam. But uh, threw real well. Um, you know, again for them, it was it was the hitting. But uh, you know, I know you got a chance to talk to those guys. They all seemed you know excited with their first tourney. Yeah, they were really they were really happy. They had you know they had a ton of fun. Again, you know, they said and we told them you know they they go, man, we just we couldn't hit at all. You know that you know yes uh, during the tournament and you know like we tell most people that's the last thing that comes you know pitching usually comes first and then you know hitting you really need as many reps as possible so you know even though they went oh and three uh they had a great time and you know i expect them to be back as well yeah no i i would too and and the other besides for the hitting thing the other thing that they said that kind of stuck with me or resonated with me is uh you know i think sometimes we can we can get stuck in the bubble and like since you know we are you know since, since, since we have our um you know eyes on so much you know stuff in wiffle ball we kind of assume that everyone else has to at least some level you know and these guys are you know active on instagram and you know whatever and they you know they follow a bunch of leagues but like one of the things their um um their commissioner who's you know also their team captain said is you know, they were kind of blown away when they were talking to people. They were you know, talking to Dragons, and they all came seven hours from New York. Or, you know, why they, I guess, came from a, a little shorter from West Virginia than the Dinos, where you had, you know, Raddick coming from Illinois, Blake coming from Ohio, uh, you know, Mike from uh, Maryland, you know, Hannon from Pittsburgh. They played Voodoo, you know, so Lopes is coming from, from Massachusetts. And they, the guy said, you know, he, couldn't, he was, couldn't believe these guys were coming from, you know, all over the place. He go, you know, we just have our... We just have our league where we play at our local school, and they didn't realize it was so it was so big, and guys travel for that. I think that's you know to kind of bring this you know full circle is that's that's one of the benefits of doing these tournaments like this. Like this was a tournament that you know was a risk for us, and you know, um, yeah, not a risk for us, but had a lot of more moving parts than usual. Getting yeah. the, getting making sure we had the right equipment out there. Um, you know, just even the cost of the facility, the logistics in the facility. Even getting the date, we had to work, you know, we had oh, to yeah. wait it took pretty forever. late, you know, to wait for the soccer schedule to be released. 
yeah, yeah. So yeah, we had to wait a long time. We gave him like three dates, and you know, for that to all do, do that, but it, that's all kind of worth it when it pays off in that way of like, you know, um, of being able to you know expose people to, um, uh, you know, to how big with you know to how big Wolfball can be or or what it can, not how big it can be, but like you know, you know what what it sort of is outside of their own thing. And I I you know I think a lot of us think you, you can just since everything's online now and social media and everything you you're aware of all these things but you know i still don't think we appreciate that people don't people don't see it unless they see it up close so like you know you and i harp on traveling a lot and playing a lot and that's why we do it because that's the best way to get people you know involved is to you know is to come to them and it's for them to see it up close well and we know you know from you know personal experience that you know people need to come out once to experience it and then usually they are able to buy into the whole concept regardless of regardless of you know style that you're playing and you know i think this was a good indicator of hey you know you you go you run a little bit of a risk but you know you're setting yourself up for yeah. you know a really good year two year three and making this a really big cool annual event and, and what really helps is like you know because it's not just about getting people out that's about yeah giving them a you know good time and we always feel confident that you know based on the rules based on we run tournaments i thought a good time from that perspective but you know obviously something like the stadium really helps because even if you go oh and three um you know you got this experience of uh of uh, playing there you know and the other thing i want to mention is um you know we, we can't think enough you know all of our regular teams that we just we just listed where they traveled from and the maryland horsemen came from you know from maryland you know probably five hours from where they are um you know all those teams coming out you know the, the national champions mid-atlantic champions generals coming out voodoo coming out you know who, you know didn't you know those guys play all the time they didn't need to come out but they want to come out because they want to compete and that really helps that also really you know they do because they want to compete that's you know we're giving we offer them we offer them um opportunities that are intriguing to compete but you know at the same time you know they don't have to and you know we really appreciate that a lot yep and you know coming out to compete is the only way that you actually grow the game right and uh yeah and like paul said we can't thank those teams enough for you know being so diehard and um and loyal to these tournaments yep no uh absolutely and um you know so our uh, looking ahead uh, oh and and before we get to this so we also have to you know make sure we uh you know can't thank him enough jake davey yeah um you know he was the uh he was the guy that you know got this going he was telling us you know last year that he thinks it's time to you know uh that we you know can run pittsburgh again so you know if you've ever worked with uh or talked with jake about wiffle ball he's you know he's got a, he's he's one of the a lot of guys in wiffle ball have big ideas in fact you know most of them do maybe less than one percent actually act on them yeah. and, and and get them done uh jake's you know jake's in that less than one percent that acts on him and gets them done so he had he had several venues in mind this actually wasn't even the, the first uh venue we had in mind but um this is the one we ended up with he did all the work on the ground um and really made a great tournament so you know we can't, we can't thank him enough for yeah that. we very very much appreciate him and his entire crew yeah and he made, he made you know made a whole weekend out of it we had a uh pittsburgh pirates played milwaukee at pnc park friday night so we had a, a group of seats there and uh about i don't know maybe 
dozen 20 people or so um, managed to make it out for that then you know food truck all weekend and you know places to go after the tournament so uh you know jake puts jake puts on a show um uh you know and, get, and provides us incentives for people to play and come back um and then so, yeah just in looking just talking about destination tournaments uh just to wrap up our, our last two tournaments of the year kind of in the same vein uh, we'll be in staten island july 30th um you know, looking forward to that. Um, we had a good time in Staten Island Little League last year. You know, again, if you're, you know, if you're a team in the Northeast, New England or whatever, uh, you know, no, no need to wait till October, you know, to, to, to face some of the best, you know, or the best fast, full, full season fast pitch teams in the country. Yeah, it's a great opportunity to compete. Um, you know, all the, all the regular MAW teams will be there. So we'd, you know, we'd love to see some teams that, you know, maybe Pennsylvania is a little, little far south for them, um, you know, to, to make it out to this one. Yeah. Uh, oh no, got it. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, and then two weeks later, we wrap up the season uh, in Ocean City, Maryland. That one's really looking to be a good one. That, our first one was last year in Ocean City, um, and that was a fourteen-team tournament. Um, and uh, it, I think it was our you know it, up to that point, probably up till this high mark event, that was our most highly rated by the players uh, destination tournament. Um, and you know, based on that feedback, it looks like we're in for a really good one this year um it, it looks like we got a very very good shot at 16 plus 16 teams or even more than 16 teams um so that should be a really fun one to end the season it's just you know 10 minutes from the beach uh well even more yeah even less than that it's it's right near the casino right down the street it's um you know august especially well so far this year weather wise you know temperatures haven't been you know too warm so we're you know we're hoping for a, a a nice day and you know you make it a weekend and um it's just a lot of fun anyone who came out to ocean city last year can tell you how good of a time they had yeah yeah and 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 and, and that you know uh it's 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 worth it's it's you know for the for for the wiffle ball itself you know, i think any, any maw tournaments you know worth going to but you know that one is um um you know, worth going to for multiple reasons. Like Tim said, you can make a weekend out of it. So that's that's kind of what we're trying to do here is give guys, you know, more um, it's, instead of just just offering you three games and you know in a park somewhere, giving you different experiences wherever we go. So uh, um, you know, I I, I, I hope we're uh, you know I, I know we, I know we do that in Ocean City and I you know Staten Island too has its own you know um, has its own you know incentives. Um, but yeah, so we hope to see some, you know, some more different teams along with all the MAW regulars out to end the season. It'll also be interesting, uh, Ocean City, you know, there could be a lot of playoff implications. For, there will you know, be. Yeah. There will be. Uh, Staten Island, the winner gets an auto bid. Ocean City is not an auto bid, and there should be a lot of implications for teams, you know, looking to not be in the wild card tournaments, be able to, you know, just advance yeah. right to the championship weekend, so... Yeah, a ton of fun, and if you have any interest at all, we you know highly recommend uh, getting out to one or both of these tournaments. Yep, and, and, uh, I think that's important about Staten Island. Just to just to reiterate that is yeah, the, the winner of that, just like the winner of the Pittsburgh event and the winner of Opening Day, automatically um, gets a bid to the Mid Atlantic Sixteen Mid Atlantic Championship uh, on September seventeenth. So you can you know you can hop into Staten Island, just play one Mid Atlantic tournament, win it. And then you know uh, get to compete for the Mid Atlantic Championships. A good opportunity there. And then, like you said, Ocean City is just going to be a dogfight for different positioning um, for, come for uh, the postseason. 
But uh, yeah, that's that's all for us today. Uh, we'll be back next week with our third uh, show of the uh, 12th season. Tim Dean will be in tomorrow with his second uh, Tuesday show, um, and we will see you next week.